Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Texas Pete. Yeah, that's right, baby. We got a new Oh, sponsor. Pete, Pete, motherfucker. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said that. Uh, no. Yes, that's right. No free ads. This is not a free ad. This is a... No. We, we actually just love Texas Pete. Like, yeah. legitimately love it. I, a reasonable amount, yeah. What's the weirdest thing you put Texas Pete on? I can't tell you that. Um, there's oh, a video okay. well, that will probably censored? be released. So it's behind a paywall, but it's um, go to go to uh, my OnlyFans, and you can check out some of the Texas Pete. There's a whole Texas Pete uh, section, to be honest. Um, I mean, the weirdest thing, like it's not, it's not that weird. It's like literally how we started this whole conversation with Texas Pete was in high school, and you, the, before anyone asked, yes, I was a virgin. Um, mainly because of this, because I used to pour Texas Pete on my te- on my turkey and eat it with my hands. It was so good, though. How do you get that protein in, bro? Well, I don't want to get, like, I, listen, I don't want to waste carbs with the bread. Texas Pete has been, and I don't just mean this a little bit, because they were my only friend at lunch, as you could tell from that story. Um, they've been a friend for a long time, 20-plus years. Well, we're happy to have them on board for this football season, so go out there, get you some Texas Pete. And we'll have a we'll have a read next week. Um, or come here yeah. and get some because we're gonna be doing hella giveaways all year. Love that. Uh, we got a big week three to preview. Uh, we're gonna get into a little bit of OU and Texas talk. Talk about some things we want to see in some of these games in the SEC, and then we're gonna give you our picks and previews. And what's arguably the biggest game of the weekend, Auburn Penn State. We'll do an interview with uh, Auburn on three, Auburn live, Justin Hokinson. Um, we've already pre-recorded that, so that will not be live. So we'll sign off after our last picks and we'll put uh, that interview in at the end. Actually, we have a special ending that I forgot to tell you about. Oh, um, and that is with, uh, Cameron camp. Who's getting married on Saturday. Uh, who's going to do some two minute drill with us. It's basically going to be me yelling at him about the dangers of being engaged and actually getting married. Um, and then also telling him what my thoughts are about his fall wedding. With some other stuff sprinkled in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it then. Uh, first topic of the day before we get into the actual week that is week three with with some big games, honestly, in the SEC. Should it be about Midnight Yale for a second? Yeah. Things have escalated since the last time we've talked with Midnight Yale. Yes. Let's talk about it. Well, I don't feel like we talked about Midnight Yell on the last episode, did we? We didn't. Uh, things have just escalated in general for Texas A&M since the loss to App State. In the last what if I told you that a university that is home to a coach who once called a press conference that no one else called for besides him in the middle of fucking May just to say someone else is a narcissist, what if I told you that same university was upset about, like, school-sanctioned activities that they filmed for their social media and then tried to shut down immediately after it went viral for all the wrong reasons. What would you believe me if, if I told you that? Oh, uh, yeah. If, if it was about Texas A&M, I would, actually. <laughs> I mean, that that video, first of all, let's, let's just put aside the fact that A&M tried to basically hide it. Um. Yeah, I mean, just some of the worst stand-up. I mean, Chris, you're a stand-up comedian. If I, I swear to God, it, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say that I'm a failed comedian because 
one, you would have had to succeed first off to be failed. So fuck off. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm saying that in jest, but mainly because I still do stand up comedy and I feel like I, you know, usually when people say that they don't think I'm funny, it's because they're butthurt about something I've said about their team on Twitter, or it's not the demographic I would really want at one of my shows. Anyway, you've been to some of my shows. You could see what that, what that looks like. If I hear an A&M fan ever, ever, ever again, say the phrase failed comedian or bring up my comedy, it's, it's on site. I, I will borrow your car and drive to college station. So I don't have any, like, I don't want to leave like a, a paper trail. Um, and then just beat the, like, beat the ever-living, ever-loving. My God, it was bad. So we saw, we got, we got Kip last year. Mm-hmm. My man was popping off. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. Uh, do we know the this guy's name this year? It's Zach without a K. Okay, so just Z-A-C? Zach. It's like a, like a phlegm in your throat. Zach. Um, it's like something I would order at a restaurant that I did not want to be at. What was your favorite joke that he made? Um, I think at one point there was a different video that came out where he said, foul smelling, which what, I what, feel like. Do we know what this is? I break, I mean, you're breaking something off here, man. We got, we should play the video to be honest. I don't know if we get in trouble for that. I'm, I'm not trying to get us shut down in the middle of the fucking pod because of how A&M, I mean, they shut down every single one of those that popped up unless you like inverted the video um yeah that was i mean that was probably my my favorite or like the one where he said the two brain cells that seemed a little bit offensive i don't know yeah it was a little weird uh just getting into the it's like but at the same time it was just so sad it was like weird and very cringeworthy and sad yeah um so zach with a c you know have we thought about him? Has, has anyone found him on Instagram or anything like that? I'm not kidding when I say that we should probably tone it down on how much we make fun of him, which is when I say we, I mean me. Yeah. Um, because I would love to get Kip on. Like if we could get a midnight yell, yell leader on the podcast before the Bama A&M game, that would be, I, I would honestly, part of me would be okay with Georgia winning another national championship. That's a trade-off that I feel like I'm like more like emotionally willing to give. Oh, they live stream these. Oh yeah, uh, I'm every, guessing they every don't Friday anymore. night. I'm guessing they won't anymore. They, yes, they do. <laughs> they they came out and they were like, "We are still dedicated, committed." It was like a fucking Fox Five weather commercial from the '90s, like dedicated, determined, dependable. Deep cut, <laughs> real deep cut. Uh, I can't find a video because they're literally they all being blocked. Yeah, but let's get into the actual news then. Well, let me just show you this picture if it's any consolation. Okay, now, so there's a there's a lot back, to there's a I lot to that. digest here. Uh the first thing I look at is is this guy, this blonde guy. That guy's name look is at, a thousand percent Tanner. Goes by Thor. Goes by Thor, yeah. but with a Y. I don't know where <laughs> I don't, yeah. You don't know where it's placed. It doesn't make any sense. But I, I think I'm most intrigued. Uh, look at this girl. I mean, these two girls are locked in on my guy Tanner. Uh, I mean, he's an attractive I'll honest, guy. I'll be honest; they're, they're locked in below the belt. If I'm looking at this, this is a little bit much. Yeah, I mean, look listen, the dip, there used to be there used to the be youngest person. Buy... The youngest person in this picture seems the most disappointed about what's going on. Yeah, she knows what's up, which should tell you a lot. 
yeah, kids don't hide their emotions on mostly anything. Um, as I've come to learn at most first birthday parties that I've had to go to for no reason for my friends. Um, but also look like this is, there's a lot to unpack here. Look at the sweat marks. Like I, I'm a sweater, but this guy's got this belly button sweat back here from the cameraman <laughs> is something else. Oh, I see what you're saying here. Yeah. This is, I mean, I can't zoom in. You know, don't, zoom in. We don't need to zoom in. All right. Those that are listening on the pod, this is why you got to show up to the live recordings or if you can't show up live we still have the videos on youtube and facebook that you go back and look at this picture yeah. that we were uh digesting there so uh yeah it's you know i thought casey smith from uh, unnecessary roughness um you know she went to a&m i thought she handled it well she owned it she was like yeah we do some weird shit we've got some cool traditions but once you do it you can't try to hide it and that's no. lame that's a lame move and I don't know. Very yeah, interesting. I agree with that. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about that game because that that's it's an interesting time in, in College Station right now. The, the, the temperature seems elevated there. So that's not great with a big game on deck. Um, Texas and OU, not going to be in the SEC next year. Yeah, so this new broke. I don't know who broke it, and I really don't care. Um, I hate to say that, but it's, it was probably – like, I mean, I don't think it was unexpected from everything we have heard from, like, the, like Georgia camp especially. But basically, we saw a tweet that came out earlier this morning, um, and I, I forgot exactly who it's from. I put this in the actual, what do you call it, in the um, Google Doc. But basically, the SEC has directed the U, UGA and Tennessee to postpone scheduled football games versus Oklahoma. Um because the transition of Oklahoma into the SEC will not allow for the involved institutions to fulfill their respective contractual non-conference home and home appearance obligations. So what does that mean? Basically um, last or next year, Georgia was, was scheduled to play Oklahoma. Uh, they were also scheduled to play Tennessee. Tennessee was also scheduled to play them at, in Norman in 2024. Um, they basically found out the SEC directed them to change that. ASAP, which was like, again, this, this was like, it wasn't just something that fell into their lap. Like they, they dropped like a bomb on them today. Like they knew this was most likely coming. So that's why they, they were able to find such quick replacements. But um, the big questions here and Georgia replaces Oklahoma with ball State. Oklahoma replaces um, Georgia with SMU. So huge paydays for SMU and ball state, especially ball state. Um, I will is say, a pretty decent program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think they're a program that's going to get, potentially rated with the portal sometimes, but um, it doesn't really matter today. So Ball State, a member of the MAC. I'm not sure if this game, it says it's going to be played on September 9th, 2023. I don't know if that's a Tuesday night, but I wish it would be. Would love to see some action and some SEC crossover. Oh, that'd be um, awesome. But that being said, what sucks here is like, like, the, like it doesn't really necessarily mean that the big, that, that the OU in Texas I guess big 12 contract isn't going to get disrupted and they're going to be here next year or 2024. I don't, I don't know if that's, we don't know that's entirely true. That is what it looks like. That does look like the case where now you're looking at potential 2025, which was the original agreement. I don't think anybody thought it would take that long to get here, especially since it was announced in 2021 at media days. Um, still like what sucks here for like, honestly, for the fans, Georgia fans more than anything, because Kirby did a really, really good job 
of of going out and getting ahead of this. And I think that like you kind of saw where, where the future of of football was going. Like we talked about like playoff expansions like this in the past. I remember saying this on like when I was on the old podcast with with Connor. And that was you wonder if Kirby and some of these these coaches knew that was going to be the, like the the end game because you saw a shift in some of these like big neutral site games, which is like, you know, kind of a thing for a little over a decade. Um, and then George even playing in one this year and the shift into this like, I mean, almost I don't want to say an arms race, but they were just eating up some of these these non-conference games with Oklahoma, Florida State. Um, you know, they already played Notre Dame and these and they're setting up these home and homes and that seemed like that was like the spoiler alert for they were going to have expansion. That is what ended up happening with expansion. But I mean, the schedule for Georgia, have you seen it now? Like, like the home schedule for 2023. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, look yeah. at this year's and for next year. Yeah. I don't know I why I don't just like start like when I see tweets like this, I don't know why I don't, I don't just save them. Um, anyway, the, the, the home slate is obviously you you lose a game with, with Oklahoma, you're placing with ball state. You have Georgia tech already on there. They play UAB. And I can't even remember who the other one is. If you guys UT know Martin, UT Martin, um, that sucks, man. Like, I mean, that sucks. Like, you know, that's, and, and that's also like, this kind of goes back for a while with Georgia fans where they've kind of gotten a short end of the stick, not only with some of the non-con games. And I know they played Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, like, even with some of like the primetime games, like, you know, up until last year, they were on the short end of the stick on a lot of stuff, mainly because of Bama and LSU. And like they were they, the 12 o'clock starts, even that Arkansas game a year ago, that was a 12 o'clock start when you had game day there. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see a, a team of Georgia's caliber have to play UT Martin ball state, who else? UAB and then Georgia Tech. Yeah. What what an absolute thrilling non-conference schedule that is. Um, um, I will say this too. I for the first time after seeing this happen, for the first time, I, I kind of wonder if that if that Georgia Georgia Tech series is going to come to an end. Well, yeah. I mean, I think if you look at the broader picture of college football and how it's changing if you do believe that we're going to be going to kind of these two mega conferences, mm-hmm. I, I, I think if at that point you're not really going to be playing a lot of out of conference games. Right. And I don't know that Georgia tech will be a part of the sec at any point. So it, no. yeah, it, it very, it very well may, you know, they may stop playing. I mean, it's a waste of a game at this point yeah. until Georgia tech's a little bit more serious about football. Yeah. That's when, fair. They, when they hire prime. Yeah, which I think would be awesome. Anyway, that's that's the news from that. Um, you want to get into week three? Yeah, let's do it. Um, before we pick and preview some games, obviously there's some smaller games in the SEC that we want to at least acknowledge. So let's do week three in the SEC. One thing that, that you want to see from each one of these games. Let's start with Arkansas versus Missouri State. All right, one, I want to see Arkansas win. Um more than anything, what I want to see, and a lot of these are going to be serious, okay? Like, a lot of them are actual, like, focused around the game. This one is not. There's one thing I want to see and one thing only, and that is when Arkansas comes out on the field and runs through the A, I want, I pray to God their mascot has been talking to Puddles, the Oregon Duck mascot, about how to effectively wear mascot 
gloves and a tire and still ride a motorcycle out. I, I want to see I want to see the hog ride out on a motorcycle. Not the live hog, not Tusk, because I, I don't think he has thumbs. I don't think. I don't know, don't know everything about, about well, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know him personally. He might have had thumbs. It's 2022. You can identify as anything. Um, but I will say that uh I I I really hope that he fucking comes out on a, on a motorcycle with it. If he gets out of the neck brace too, that's even better. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, my thing that I want to see in this game is just Arkansas stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, th- this is a game that you, you roll them up a little bit, get your starters in there and out of there. You don't, this isn't game one. You know, I get it. If you're playing an FCS school, something in game one, and you just want to make sure that people get in the rhythm Arkansas yeah. is well into their schedule now. There's no reason for the starters to be playing too long in this game. Just stay healthy. Yep. Uh, Tennessee versus Akron. Obviously, the same thing there. Um, I really don't even know that you play Hendon Hooker more than a quarter in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, also you got a big so game on deck. You got maybe they just announced they sold that game out against Florida. Um don't get too cute in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, again, just, you know, save your starters. Yeah. I mean, so Akron is not very good offensively. Um, I would love to see it is Joe Moorhead. So, um, you know, they're especially another pot. They got to be just uh, all over that noise. Um, Joe Moorhead at Akron. They're 0 2 against the spread. All I really want to see from here is some, some, like defensive work. I mean, the spread is 47 and a half, which seems kind of crazy. Um, Cause that is basically saying, say healthy cracks. Um, that's basically saying that you like, I mean, what, like 61 to, I don't know what the over under is. I haven't seen that part of it yet, but um, I mean, that is a, that's a lot. I mean, that, that is a lot to cover. I just want to see the defense, like kind of bow their neck a little bit. And and like you said earlier with Arkansas, no injuries, get into next week and not have to have Hendon Hooker or Cedric Tillman win you a football game. Maybe get the run game going a little bit, something like that. Uh, Kentucky Youngstown State. I believe, is this a, uh, like a Mark Stoops hometown game? Isn't he from Yeah, there? yeah. So Mark Stoops is actually the starting running back ahead of Maurice Claret um, for, ye- no, I'm kidding. Mark Stoops is the whole Stoops family, really. Uh, they're from Youngstown, obviously, and he's done like a tremendous job of kind of, you know, growing some inroads with recruiting in that area um, and also giving back to the community. I think he has a vi- at Youngstown in general. It has a very, very um, what's the best way to put this without sounding super white? Like, I just want to say like like a, a very serious like like people that are from there really, really that that's like a like Youngstown versus the world type thing, you know, those sweatshirts. People say, yeah. and they're like, yeah, Gwinnett County versus the world. And you're like, ah. Straight it? out of Youngstown. Straight out of Youngstown. Those are the worst. But I tell you what, you know what I don't want to see out of this game or ever again with anything is the stay calm or keep calm and blank signs. No. There was one at game day last week. Or it like was? straight out of Youngstown. Yeah. I mean, keep come calm on. And hook When's them? the last time you went on the oh. chive? Uh, like probably four o'clock today. I do it every day. Oh, cool, cool. I put on a tank uh, yeah, top yeah. and um, and self-tanner, and then I get on the chive. That's my favorite thing to do. Well, that's sick, bro. I mean, I, I miss 2005 as well. Yeah. Uh, Florida versus USF. For me, you're a 24.5-point favorite here in this game. The first two games that you've played have been against good opponents. 
You've had your quarterback look really good in one of them, really bad in the other one. Let's work on some things with your QB. Maybe not throw every pass a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, Keep when you're scrambling, keep your eyes downfield. Um, I, I, if I'm Florida, I want to work on some stuff in this game because you should, as a you know three touchdown plus favorite, really more than that. I mean, you're basically a four four touchdown favorite. You right. should be able to work on some things and, and feel good about that. I mean, I get it's an in-state school and they're going to want to play up for that game, but man, God help you if you lose that one, if you're, if you're Napier. But yeah, I, I work on my offense and, and just figure out what we can do with Richardson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. South Florida. That, that's actually what I, South Florida is ranked 95th in the country in, um, I'm sorry, 93rd in the country in past events. Um, and usually in games like this, you don't really want to air it out. But this is also the same same program that um, he went off against last year uh, early on in the season. So and kind of started the whole hype train. Get back to that. Get this kid competent again. Because, because like, listen, there's a lot of stuff as a team you need to work on, right? But at the same time, the team is, is, is 15. And you got to, like, work on some intermediate passing routes. Work on not throwing the ball 1,000 miles an hour and, and go from there. That's, that's what I would say. Uh, Mizzou, Abilene Christian. Just give me Abilene. Come on, yeah, dude. My bad, my bad, bro. Caroline, Brian. Uh, let me see three touchdowns from Luther Burden, just so he doesn't transfer. Let me see three fucking touches from Luther Burden. Right. He had two touches last week. What are we doing? Yep. Give you have to give him. I was. I want to be nice and say, hey, you got to give him double digit touches. I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, you, you don't get many chances to bring a guy like him in um, no. to the program. And when you do, you got to make sure those guys stay happy. So I would give him and Mookie Cooper both 10 plus touches. Love it. Or at least targets. Um, Vandy, Northern Illinois. Interesting game here. Okay. So this, I don't know what the over is. Get me a win, Vandy. Come on, That's now. all I want to see. Get your win and get over the the two and a half you have. They're an underdog and they're playing at Northern Illinois. That makes me so fucking mad. I like just I said this on on Chris Gordy's podcast the other day. That's our Locked On SEC. Like just once, I just want to see Vandy do what every bro from Buckhead does in Atlanta and just be that thirty thousand dollar millionaire, fake it till you make it, and just pretend you fucking belong. For the love of God. Go go rent an Acura because it's an almost nice car for the weekend. Drive it up there to wherever the hell Northern Illinois is, and please go win. It's I believe it's in DeKalb. DeKalb, you idiot. No, it's pronounced DeKalb up there, and I promise you that. Is that real? Yeah, that's real. I didn't mean to call you an idiot. I'm sorry. It's my bad. It's my bad. But it is spelled exactly like DeKalb, Georgia, which is why you thought DeKalb that. County, but where I'm not. from. Yeah. Straight out of DeKalb. Anyway, um, the GF's uh, dad is a, uh, a alum, um, and I again, you know, I'm not too not too young to remember Michael the Burner Turner putting up 120 plus rushing yards on Bama in 2003 and beating them. Please God, just Mike Wright. Like these two, these two passing defenses are ranked 118 and 119. That is that is not good. That's not I, good. What was? What was the Northern Jordan Lynch? Oh, that was when they went to like the Orange Bowl. You remember, like the, he's like the he was like the Mac Tebow. Yeah, didn't he play y'all in the Orange Bowl? Yeah, they did. He's okay. he like talked shit before the game, and they uh, they lost by like twenty four or something like that. And then um, 
a reporter wrote, get used to this, Florida State fans. This is your peak. And then the, the next year we went undefeated and won the national championship. So he was off by a year. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me ask you this. If peaking is winning national championships, I, I, I'll do that. You, that was very, you got very loud and aggressive there. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a good peak to have, I would say. Northern Illinois is, um, they're ranked 119th in terms of yards per attempt. They're allowing 8.9 yards per attempt. That is bad. Real bad. So Mike Wright, as good as they've been, like as good as he's been rushing the ball, they've got to get the 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 passing game going. So, hey, it's good to see Liz tuned in again. Yeah, she there you go. She doesn't normally watch. I feel like. Um, lastly, Bama, your boys versus ULM. What do you want to see? Because I just want to see the receivers get some sort of separation. I would love to see the receivers uh, make some catches i would love to see a hundred yard rusher i saw a stat the other day that said this um also more than anything no injuries just please for the love of god no injuries um i saw a stat the other day that had the uh top 10 sec um leaders in passing yards red yards and receiving yards do you know how many bama players were on those three lists combined zero one bryce young is eighth in passing yards in the sec now they're two games in that is a that's an issue for me. Um, if you can't like that, there's just I'm I'm fine with not having like the overall workload go to a small amount of people. I don't think that they have figured out like like that fourth and one a week ago, where you have the ball like on Texas twenty something yard line late in the game with like four minutes left, and you have a chance to ice it, um, and it ended up resulting in Texas going back down and kicking what would have would have been the game winning field goal. You had a fourth and one. You were in shotgun formation, and Jameer Gibbs was nowhere to be found. Also, neither was Jace McClellan, who had the most rushing yards on the team that day in an 81-yard rush, uh, rushing touchdown. Get your third string running back in. Why? I, 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 want, I just want to see more efficiency. would love to see a sack out of Will Anderson. love to see him not line up off, off, offsides. I'd love to see Eli Ricks getting the end of the What was going on with that? I don't I mean, I don't know. Maybe he needs LASIK, like Jameis. Did Jameis need LASIK? Jameis needed therapy. Remember when he always used to do this? No. No? No, I wasn't well, a big Jameis fan. I didn't really watch him very closely, especially yeah. after Sunday. Well, that's, he's, that's, he's just doing what he does. All right. Week three picks and previews. We'll start with actually the biggest spread on the slate. It's not Georgia Tech Ole Miss, surprisingly. Yeah. But it's UGA versus South Carolina. Uh, so this one is at 12 p.m. on ESPN, number one, Georgia, at South Carolina. South Carolina plus 24 and a half at home. That's a big home dog over yeah. under 54. UGA, they've won the last six of the past seven meetings against South Carolina. They've out, outscored uh, this year alone their opponents 82 to three. Um, I don't think the outcome is in question in this game, but how do you see this game no. playing out? So I don't, 24 and a half is a lot of points. Um, I got some, I got some good numbers on this and I'll give them all to you here. I like, I don't think this game is close, but I think that this is a, a backup or a backdoor cover written all over it. I mean, like 24 and a half is just a lot of points. Um, there's nothing numbers wise that, that makes me think, South Carolina is going to be able to hang with them. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're ranked 129th in rushing defense. 
So, and then Georgia hasn't really had to run the football, um, but this is the perfect get, like, this is the perfect, t- like, for some of the things that Kirby or the fans have have kind of, like, been frustrated about for really no reason because of how dominant they've been, but, like, if there's a not even critiques, but a few things that you would, like, a couple cherries you want to throw on top of these early performances, get into the quarterback, get some sacks. This offensive line is bad. They're, they're again, like they've had eight, they've allowed eight sacks on Spencer Rattler and only 93 dropbacks. It's the 13th ranked uh, pass or 13th rated offensive line in the SEC from PFF out of 14 teams, obviously. Um, again, rush defense, awful. Awful. And, and really you could say, well, maybe they just got gashed from Arkansas because Arkansas is so deep and that's what they do. And they run the football. They didn't look great against Georgia state against the run. Yeah. Uh, They're giving up 295 yards a game on the ground or no last week. They gave up 295 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. Um, Yeah. You can run pretty easily on South Carolina right now. Um, They can't run the ball. They're averaging 59 and a half yards per game on the ground which is yeah. 125th in the country i didn't even realize that the fbs had more than 125 teams they've had like 130 for years uh rattler's been okay 600 mm-hmm. yards two touchdowns but three picks um but I a just, lot of that was like in garbage time against against arkansas i just think but, that uh, carolina I, I think this is where uga just runs the ball down their throat the mm-hmm. only thing that intrigues me in this game is the under 54. Because if Georgia just kind of takes the air out of the ball and just stays committed to the run, yeah, that time is just going to tick, 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 tick. Actually, you know, people talk a lot of shit about Jimbo and his kind of antiquated offense and how little plays that he runs. And they are correct because he's last in the FBS, 130, if you will. Yeah. Um, Georgia and, and Auburn are both down there as well. They don't run a lot of plays per game either. So um, Georgia is going to be very methodical in this game. I think the over or the under 54 is what I would play in this game. But obviously, I'm going to take Georgia to win the game. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia. Um, I'm going to stay away from the over under. Like, like for Carolina to win this game, you, you have got to pick spots where you catch Georgia in in some of these blitzes. And I don't think they're going to need to blitz. So that might not even happen. But like guys like Marshawn Lloyd and your playmakers getting them in space. Um, Stonger has not been great from, from Oklahoma. I brought this up uh, in the off season and, and I looked it up again. There's 11 offensive linemen that are four stars or better um, on Oklahoma's roster. Currently um, two, five stars as well. There are two uh, that are four stars or better on South Carolina. Spencer Rattler has been running for his life. Most of this season, he saw it like a lot in the spring game. Even um, Kirby's twenty-two and four in road games uh, as as the UGA head coach. They have won their last three in Columbia and five of their last six for uh, South Carolina overall. Again, the only loss they have to them under Kirby is that upset they had. Um, what do you call it, a couple of years ago when Rodrigo Blankenship, God rest his soul, uh, was missed that that kick in overtime. To be clear, he didn't die; he just got cut. Right, his career's over. Right. Um, so they are USC ranked 111th in rush, uh, yard rushing yards per carry, which is awful. Um, I already said the 22 and four, the away team is covered in six straight. Uh, but as far as Georgia, man, I just, I don't see they've, they've had five, they're five and one against South Carolina, like under Kirby. And those five wins have come by 21 and a half points per game. They're nine and one and they're against the spread in their last 10 games away from home. Um, 
I just don't see anything that South Carolina has that would point to that not happening. I, I'm probably going to stay away from it just because of, I think the, uh, like the backdoor cover, like possibilities. I'll look at like what the first half line is, but George is going to steamroll South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, and all, you know, another point here is William Gray brings up South Carolina has a lot of injuries. They lost two their starting, uh, linebackers for the year last week to ACLs. That's um, awful. That's not great. Feel bad for those kids. They also lost their standout corner, Cam Smith, in that game. Um, and really, they haven't talked about his availability this week much. So that'll right. be something to watch as well. But yeah, I agree. Georgia rolls here. Yeah, first half line is uh, 13 and a half at some books, uh, around oh. 14. I would hammer that. Uh, and I would love to see the team total as well. Yeah. Um, another game that probably isn't as intriguing as the rest on the slate, uh, Georgia Tech versus Ole Miss. Um Line on that is currently 16. Uh, this is a 330 game on ABC. Number 20 Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, 16-point home dog. Over-under is 65. Uh, this is the first time these teams have played since the 23, uh, 2013 Music City Bowl. Um, I guess the intriguing thing here for Ole Miss and maybe why the line is so low, because in my opinion, 16 is low, Um Luke Altmaier, who had been starting last week against Central Arkansas, he got roll. Uh, he he got an upper body injury in that game, mm-hmm. and he was removed in the first half after throwing a pick. And he was replaced by Jackson Dart, who was the first game starter. Kiffin's plan was always to alternate the two at the beginning of the season. Uh, I would say neither one of them. I mean, Altmaier. I I guess I don't I don't know. Is he the starter? Like, do you know? Do you have insight on this? Because. I, I do not have insight on it. I, like, I, what I would assume is going to happen, especially because they both played and they played well last week, um, maybe you roll with with Altmaier just because they got up to a much better start in that game a week ago. And, and somebody, if, if you guys know, there's Ole Miss fans, like you guys might know better than us just because it's something that I've admittedly not kept up with during the week. Um, it, whoever it is, it doesn't really matter because you still – like, I, I still think that this is a competition – and it's going to be solved. They play Tulsa next week, and then you get Kentucky coming in for homecoming. And they will ha- they will have settled on a quarterback then at that point. Um, Georgia Tech is bad in general. Uh, it, it's and also it's it, they're very odd when you try to look up any kind of like scouting and stuff like that. Georgia Tech is a team that um, that gave up more yards and points against and yards per play against Western Carolina than they did to Clemson. Um, which, you know, still not great. <laughs> Either way you look at it, they played Western Carolina week ago, 135 to 17. Um, the first half line here is nine and a half. I would bet your mortgage on that. Georgia Tech, I believe, was losing to Western Carolina at the half last week. That's pathetic. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Trigg had three touchdowns, tied mm-hmm. the school record last week against Central Arkansas. Uh, 56-point victory over Central Arkansas was the largest margin of victory since 2015. Um, Zach Evans continues to be a force on the ground, but also you got a true freshman from Pike Road, Alabama, named Quinshawn Judkins, which is a name that I absolutely love. Uh, He's averaging eight yards per carry. Um, Kiffin is really high on this guy. He said his his vision is is elite. Um, I think Ole Miss runs all over. Georgia Tech, they have a putrid run defense. So bad. Uh, one of the worst in the country. Also which one would, of the worst would, pass defenses. 
which would have me look at the under in this game. Um, that man, 65. I mean, I guess Kiffin just decides, hey, I'm in Atlanta, so it's a good opportunity for me to showcase my program in a city and a state that has a lot of good recruits unless he pours it on. But I mean, even if they win something like 45 to 15 or 14, that's still under. And I could see a, uh, I could see something like that, but man, that the only thing that scares me about this is the fact that it's a 16 point line. That doesn't make any line. sense to me. Okay. Um, I don't know how to respond to that. I, I, so again, for me, this is going to be a, a perfect first half line. So they were tied with Western Carolina, um, 14 all at the end of the first half last week to give up 14 points to, I mean, the thing about how, how well that defense played in week one against Clemson, and then you come out and give up a scripted first series touchdown and a 49 yard pass, and then a 22 yard run, or I believe or, or pass, um, like what's, what's Ole Miss's thing score, score from far. I mean, giving up 49-yard passes, maybe it's a bust. I don't know. Um, good news for Tech is they didn't give up, you know, anything else besides a field goal in the fourth quarter, the last three quarters uh, of that game. But by by all means, man, that that secondary and that that uh, what do you call it? Pass defense is also really really bad. They're ranked 80th or worse in almost every single category. Um, they did have three interceptions last week, so I would like to see Ole Miss like take care of the football. But I mean, pick your poison, man. Like they they will, like I said last week, they might have a two headed monster at running back. They might have a three headed monster at running back with with you know Judkins, like you said, Zach. Uh, I always want to say Zach Etheridge, um, Zach Evans, Evans, and then also the the kid from from SMU. That's I mean, and then and then Trig in the in the red zone. Ole Miss will put this game away early. Nine and a half in the first half feels like free money. And also just from a number standpoint. Tech is one and eight against the spread in their last nine overall. They're one and six in their last uh, seven games against like actual FBS opponents um, in Bobby Dodd, and um, and Ole Miss is five and one in their last uh, six. What do you call it? Uh, regular season non-con games against the spread. So nice. I take Ole Miss big. Uh, another school in Mississippi will be visiting Louisiana. We got Mississippi State at LSU. 6 p.m. on ESPN, Mississippi State, uh, two and a half point favorite on the road at night in Death Valley, over under 53 and a half. Um, Mississippi State, they've, I wouldn't say they've actually played like a super cupcake schedule. I mean, it's not like they've been playing FCS schools. They've had Memphis and Arizona um, cruise through both those. They, they only trailed for a total of seven and a half minutes in between two of those games. Will Rogers leads the nation in completions per game. Tied for second in touchdowns with nine and third in average passing yards. Um, LSU kind of got honestly like skewered for losing to Florida State, which, you know, I get it. Like Florida State's been down, but like let's wait to, for the season to play out to see if that was like a totally awful game. I mean, I, I would like to see at home, they get John Emery back from suspension. Um, I think some of their numbers as far as stats are concerned are pretty skewed because they absolutely demolished Southern last weekend. They were up 50 to nothing at halftime. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, it was 51 nothing. They were up 37 yeah. nothing in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, I, I really don't need much analysis. If you ever give me LSU getting points at home at night, yeah, I'm going to take LSU. So give me LSU plus two and a half. 
Uh, this one kills me a little bit because like, like historically all the numbers, obviously with the LSU, I think they're like 12 and three in their last 15 SEC openers at home. Um, they are 19 and three against Mississippi state overall since, since the year 2000, that's when saving got there. Um, they are, they, they are 13 and two in their last 15 games versus Mississippi state in Baton Rouge. However, they're only two and two in the last four. Uh, obviously we know the KJ Costello game. Um, and then also in 2017, they had a game, um, I believe it was actually there. Maybe it was against, uh, maybe that was in circle. Either way, Mississippi state has won two of the last four, uh, trips to Baton Rouge, which is kind of crazy. Oh, it was the back, the Dak Prescott game from 2014. So that's not really, eh, whatever. Um, but they have not won back-to-back games in Starkville since in the last 30 years. Last time they did it was 81 and 83. Um, Leach's numbers are actually pretty surprisingly good. Uh, they're five and zero against the spread in their last five road SEC or last five SEC road games. Um, also, the under is six and one in the last seven in this series. And I'm a, I just have to assume that the uh, the one time it did not hit was in that fucking 2020 game where they threw for six thousand yards. Um, here's the number I'm going to go with. It's going to convince me to bet LSU at night, and and I will take LSU to win. Brian Kelly is 13 five and one. Uh, all time as a as a home underdog. So, Death Valley at night, kind of at night because it's like a weird six o'clock start or something. I'm gonna take LSU, and I and I I almost hate to do it because Mississippi State is a is a good football team. And we said this the other day where they're a good football team in a lot of ways that we don't give them credit for. It's not just Will Rogers who also doesn't get enough love, but they're a good defensive football team. They're they're a, they're a good team. Um, Key for this game, in my opinion, LSU. H- how do you pitch a shutout at one at, at one point in this game? Like, not you're not going to shut out Mississippi State for four quarters, but how do you do it for one quarter? Maybe the first or third or second, like whatever. How do you shut them out um, so you can have your offense hopefully make up some some ground that you're assuming you might need to make up because they've not been great. So, yeah, I, I think LSU. In the Florida State game, they they've sold out to play the run, and they did a really good job playing the run. But mm-hmm. they kind of got torn up by a QB who traditionally hasn't been a great passer. You're facing Will Rogers, who's a much better passer than Jordan Travis. How do you respond to that? I right. kind of like the over in this game potentially, um, even though I know you said that they, this game plays to the under a lot. Um, but let me take LSU, and I'll, I'll take them um, something like 28, 24, something like that. Um, you know what I feel like would be a good bet? It might be the under. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Um, I mean, so I'm going to take LSU probably 28-27. But I'd say it would be would be a good bet, even though it's probably dumb, uh, as you always tell me, like not to make teasers or not to play teasers. Teasing LSU at home and Auburn at home as home underdogs? I mean, if you can get that over like 10 and a half with these two, that would be well, we'll get into the Auburn preview in a minute, but yeah, that's going to be an issue. I, I I like that money line. What about yeah, the money? How about just a money line parlay? LSU. No, that's Auburn. different than what I was saying. It's very different. So okay, all right. Uh, Texas A and M versus points. Miami. Don't lose by more than ten points. You're out of control. You bet seventy. You bet you bet Hawaii plus seventy last week, and you've lost all control. You lose control when you win. Saturday, September 17th, 9 p.m. on ESPN. Number 13, Miami at number 24, Texas A&M. A&M, five-and-a-half-point favorite, over-under 45, which is very low. Yeah. 
Um, I, okay. So knowing just like knowing Jimbo Fisher's history, mm-hmm. um, this is the type of game that he comes out and puts on a show on offense. Now, I don't know if he's got it in him this year, but typically in these big games, he's well schemed up. He's been pl- planning for this game probably yeah. since the off season because you know that because they're using this game as a huge weekend for recruits. They're having a ton of recruits in town for this game. He wants to put on a show. There's been a lot of chatter around A&M and specifically Jimbo needing to give up play calling. I think he's going to be ready to attack in this game. Miami, I think they're going to be a really solid national title contender in probably three years when they get some crystal ball recruits in there. But thus far, their offense they ran last year when everyone was so high on their quarterback was Rhett Lashley, who basically he runs a really good college offense because you don't need a like you don't have to like be able to dissect different zone reads and it's just go like you it's a very easy offense to understand uh van dyke this year has not looked great thus far in this offense and i and you can tell he's he's hesitant on his throws they've played bethune cookman and they've played southern miss so any stats that they've put up I don't I don't take them into consideration at this point. Bethune Cookman's one of the worst FCS programs there is, and Southern Miss ain't great. And they were losing to Southern Miss at one point. I'm I think they yeah. might have been losing at halftime. They were not um I keep saying that, but they were not. Okay. I think it's the first time I've said that. But um I just think that I think Texas AM at home, at night, big game. I think Jimbo schemes it up. I'm going to take A&M to, to win by more than five and a half. I'm going to get them to cover. I do like the under, though. I will say that. Um, yeah, that's fair. Because I like Texas A&M's defense, even though their offense has been struggling. Miami's defense probably still – it's Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele's traditionally done a really good job against Jimbo offenses, so that'll be something to watch. So I'll take the under, and that's a low under, but uh, I'll take A&M to win the game. Cover. So – yeah, I don't see how AM doesn't. I just have a hard time thinking that Jimbo does this two weeks in a row. I've loved how all the like AM fans are they're gonna win this game and they're gonna come out here and beat their chest. Like you should you're supposed to win this game. I think this was like a I wish I would have seen what this was in like the preseason because it was double digits for sure in terms of like the point spread. Um you got a first year coach coming in. Uh, you're at a program that Jimbo is seven and one all time against. Um, yeah. here's the number that I can't get past, and I want to because I really, really don't want to pick AM. Um, but they're at home and it's at night, and we've seen what that, that atmosphere can be like. Jimbo is eight and two in his last 10 games at, at uh, AM after a loss. The only ones, the only games he didn't win, um, was after they lost to number four Georgia in 2019 and they had to follow it up with number one LSU. So that was tough. Um, and then last year when they lost to Arkansas and then lost at home to Mississippi State. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but AM losing back to back home games would be kind of a shock in general, um, especially with the number I just gave you. I, like, I, I do think that, that Mario Cristobal, like, I, I I wish I would have looked into the numbers a little bit more just to see like if there's anything that would give me some 
I don't know, a glimmer of hope. Five and a half point spread. I told you about this. I don't know the numbers, but I always, I will always reference it. 72% of, of teams favored by five and a half or uh, five points or five and a half points don't cover. That was a stat I read a decade ago, and it still holds true, um, I think. Anyway, Tyler Van Dyke, terrible, terrible name. Just sounds like he is like an eighth grade young Republican. Love it, love it, like what he does on the field. Hate the last name. Tough last name. Um, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. And I'm, I'm actually going to say A&M will cover this spread uh, just because Jimbo knows. J- this is perfect. For, I mean, this is what Jimbo does. Like, he will find something to hang his hat on, no matter how unimpressive it is. And that fan base is vulnerable enough to where they feel like they need this win, and he's going to get it to them. Before we close with uh, the last prediction of the week i just got a shout out shout out a guy in the in the facebook group um remember last week when i was discussing jimbo and i said i was disappointed that they didn't show him a lot on the on the television because oftentimes in a situation like that i predicted it i said my guess is if you saw jimbo right now he'd have the glasses half down Mm -hmm. his nose looking panicked just huge play sheet in hand while his team is struggling to score points. My man, Andrew DiGiacomo, found this picture. DiGiacomo. Oh, my God. Is that from, that's not from that game. I, I don't know. He's the one that posted it. It's described perfectly. It was a day game. Okay. Either way. This is the, this describes him perfectly. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the, the glasses on. on the nose. Play sheet in hand. <laughs> looking panicked. Yeah, absolutely- I mean, you nailed it. You nailed the description <laughs> for sure. So, anyways, um, anything else before we get to our guest? No, I, I do want to get into some of the um, the numbers after we uh, cut away from them. So, I don't want to close out yet. Um, how do we do that? We can't do that live. So, um, I'll just I'll just write I'll write down the time here, Tyler. Okay. All right, let's just preview the, the, the Auburn game first and then get into it. I, I So I have a different feeling on this, I think, than you do. Um, we will we have an interview with Justin Hokinson. Uh, we'll see how, how this works. So we have an interview with Justin Hokinson from, um, what is it, AuburnLive.com, which is the Auburn on three website. Uh, he's a great dude. A little bit of a pessimist. I always give him a hard time. Great follow on Twitter. Um, very much over the the, uh, what do you call it, the orange jersey talk. So if you're listening to this on the actual podcast, um, we are going to cut Justin Hogan. If you are watching us live, we're going to keep going and we'll, we'll just segue out of it and you can see how, how the magic is basically made. So without further ado, cut Justin Hokinson. Thank you. Cut, cut. All back. right. For you live folks, let's just do a yeah. little bit of, and people that are watching on YouTube. Um, let's do this. Three thirty on CBS number 22 Penn state at Auburn, Auburn, Three-point underdog at home, another low under, over under 48. Penn State last year won this game. It's the exact reverse situation. You have an unranked home underdog versus a ranked visiting team. Last year, Penn State pulls it out 28-20. We've mentioned this, Auburn doing the orange out, um, which just, I mean, it just looks idiot. It just looks like an idiot. Put those together. Um, I've never seen... I don't know what if I would if what I saw on Twitter is what they're actually wearing. It's one of the worst like 
combos I've I've seen. We'll post it. Where's it at? Here, I'll try to find it while we go through this. We um, did a, we did one of these with TJ Finley as like a joint post with somebody who's a grown man that calls himself the graphic god. Um, actually, does really good work. It's just a very aggressive uh, uh, Instagram handle, and he did like one of these like alternate uniforms, like I guess like edits like earlier this year, and it was all it was like orange helmet, orange pants, orange shirt, or orange jerseys. I don't think that happens, but they will. Auburn hasn't worn orange jerseys in any capacity, I think, since uh, 1978. It would be cool because it's a, it's an alternate uniform, and that's what gets the kids going. It's sexual and violent. No, that's from Wedding Crashers. What is it? It gets the people going. It's uh, it's provocative. Yeah, it's the skating movie. Yeah, there it is. We killed Can't it. Remember what it's um, either way, I think that the uniforms would look pretty sick. I think Auburn's when they did like the the white uh, face mask and the orange face mask, those look pretty legit. Um, either way, are you trying still trying to find this picture? Yeah, it's it's it must be All fake because right. I can't find it. All right. Well, either way, so let's get into some of the numbers, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think, and you give me your prediction too. Um, like we kind of alluded to it during the interview with Hogan, you'll you'll see that, um, or you heard that. But here are the numbers that I can't get past because I don't think James Franklin is a great big game coach, and I know Auburn's not ranked, and I know what they looked like early on against uh, San Jose State. Um, left left a lot to be desired in that game, and maybe against Bursar. That those games don't matter. I think Harson's a good enough coach to know that he has to keep some things like close to the best, especially in a year like this where he's under so much scrutiny and under such a microscope. Um, I do think that Auburn comes out and plays very, very inspired football and keeps this close the entire game just because of the way Auburn Jesus and Jordan Hare are going to be. Auburn is here are the numbers you need to know. Auburn is 15 and one in their last 16 September home games. Uh, they are also seven and three against the spread in their last 10 games as a home underdog. Um, this was a line that shifted last week, like I said, after the San Jose State game, from we saw it open at like a pick 'em, Auburn maybe like minus one, to now being a three point underdog. Um, now, Penn State is eight and one, their last nine games against uh, regular season non con, but none of those came against teams like Auburn or SEC. Yes, Blades of Glory. Uh, Auburn is one in five against the spread in their last six, but here's what I can't get away from. Penn state is five and seven in their last 12 road games. And more importantly, they've been a, a, they've been one in four in their last five games. I think you even said two and five in their last seven uh, on the road as a um, touchdown or less favorite in that game. When they've been favored by seven points or less, they are only two and five uh, in their last seven and one and four in the last five. I don't. I think they get beat. I I saw the Purdue game. I've seen what James Franklin does at big games. His this doesn't play into it because Auburn's not ranked, but in my opinion, it does because they will be after this weekend. James Franklin's eleven and twenty as uh, versus top twenty five teams at, at Penn State. Again, Auburn's not ranked, but they will be after this Saturday. Auburn's going to win by by seven to ten points. Another stat on Franklin, Penn State under Franklin, four and nine against the spread in their last 13 regular season games away from home as a favorite of less than seven points. So not only have they lost straight up, but they they don't cover right. at all. Seven and six straight up in those games. Um, look, Auburn, as bad as the quarterback situation looks right now, they've done a really good job of staying in second and third and manageable. They've played two cupcakes to this point. But they're running the ball on, on almost 70% of their plays, which 
is smart when you have a guy like Tank Bigsby, who's one of the best running backs in the country. Um, that's where they're going to find success against Penn State. Teams this year uh, are throwing almost 75% of the time on Penn State, so they haven't been tested a lot on the ground. Um, if you can stay ahead of the chains like Auburn's been able to do, Penn State's defense has not been good on third and fourth short situations. You can you can get push on their D-line. I really like Auburn to cover this spread. I'll, I'll take them to win as well. I, I think, um, you know, I agree with you on the Franklin thing. It's uh, It's an interesting... He's an interesting guy because he's such a hot candidate. Every time a big job opens up, I know he did really good things at, at Vandy, but I mean, he's pretty been pretty underwhelming at Penn state in my opinion. Um, so I, I don't think you mess around with trying to pass, pass the ball too much. Penn state's been tested through the air. Um, they got some really good DBs and Keaton Ellis and Joey Porter jr. Um, Tank Bigsby's averaging five and a half yards per carry. Let him do some work. Again, I said this about Georgia. Auburn is 114th in the country in plays per game. So getting close to Jimbo territory there. So they're not they they're not running a lot of plays. It's probably because they're running the ball so much. I think that's probably a good thing in this situation. Just try to wear on Penn State. They're not used to playing that physical SEC style. And um, yeah, I mean, clearly Vegas thinks this is gonna be a low scoring game. I think it will as well. I'll take yeah. Auburn to win by by a point. All right. Um, last last thing, if you can get in here in the next minute, we will do this. Uh, we have a very special guest here, uh, our good buddy Cameron Camp, uh, which is one of the one of my good friends, one of the pod mods in the um, Facebook group. He is getting married on Saturday. Um, I don't know if uh, I mean I'm I'm probably not going to be able to go. I, and and this is the RSVP to that. So instead of getting him a, a wedding gift, right, like he asked for. We're going to do two-minute drill at Cam if he signs in here. Okay. We'll count it down. I might have to let you run this because I have been on here for a while, and I got to go eat dinner. Okay. Well, you know what? Cam, we'll set it up a different time. Uh, I love you, buddy. We're very happy for you, very proud of you. I hope the wedding is fantastic. From all of us here, we appreciate all the hard work you do in the uh, Facebook group as well. We will set up a different time. Thank you, for you all, for joining, and we will um, – we will talk to y'all, I guess, next week. Sunday, in fact. This week. Sunday, yeah, that's right. All right, best of luck to all your teams. Don't forget, I'm going to throw it up at the bottom here. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail, 424-430-0045. Um, we want to hear the crazy come out when your team has a huge win or a very upsetting loss. Was disappointed we didn't hear from a lot of AM fans in the voicemails. Yeah. Uh, after the App State game. So give us a call. Leave us a voicemail, 424-430-0045. We won't be picking up, so just leave a voicemail. 424-430-0045. Five-star rankings on iTunes. I don't, I think I guess Apple Podcasts just doesn't work at this point. We'll figure um, it out. That is a not a podcast thing. That is everyone's podcast. I saw Pardon My Take tweet about it today. I saw my favorite Florida State podcast tweet about it. So I think Apple Podcasts is struggling. Spotify for now, YouTube, and then Apple Podcasts. I'm sure we'll get it figured out. So go give us some rankings. Give us a review. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Good luck this weekend. All right. We are now joined by a, I want to say special guest, but it's just a guest. Um, uh, his name, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a very special guest uh, from AuburnLive.com and Auburn on 3 Sports. Justin Hokanson, how are you, man? Good. I'm ready uh, for the weekend so we can stop talking about orange uniforms. 
<laughs> that's actually all we were going to talk about for the next 15 to 38 minutes was just the orange uniforms and also like how bad all like the original idea of the orange uniform was cool because they haven't worn them since like 1978 yeah but at the same time every single like next like like revision of the orange uniform like what if auburn came out looking like this they've looked shittier than the ones before it's just it's like a it's like a russian stacking dog it's worse and worse though yeah, I've never been a fan of them. I mean, I guess there's a version that could look good, but but I'd have to see it like in person. I mean, you know, yeah. um, I just don't care. It's too much. It's, too, it's hyped up to the point now where I don't care. I don't care what they wear um, at all. I just don't. Yeah. And honestly, they, we're here with um, service. Like it's hyped up too much. Now if they wear blue, everybody's gonna be like, eh. Yeah, that's a great way to start the interview. We are pumped up about this game. <laughs> um, yeah, as I said, you know brought on. You know who you brought on. <laughs> Noted pessimist, uh, <laughs> Justin Okinson. No, so like, kind of take us through your what your thoughts are going into this game. Uniforms aside, I know that there's a lot of a uh, lot of stuff going on. Uh, you broke some news today that kind of wasn't broken, and then you got in trouble for it. Uh, we could talk about it, but um, no. So, so tell us about like just the latest what's going on with this because it's kind of like a bizarre game in terms of the fact that there might be some travel issues with Penn State, and it's also you're a home underdog going into Jordan-Hare Stadium, or Auburn's a home underdog at Jordan-Hare Stadium against a non-con team, which is kind of crazy. What are your thoughts as the week has progressed? Yeah, I feel like if I talk about the travel issues, then I have I need like a jar over here that says The Athletic, and I have to put money yeah. into it if I, if I talk about the, the travel issues, apparently, um, is what yeah. I was told today from somebody at The Athletic. So, um, but they can, I don't know, what can I say on here? I can't say anything, can I? You can say uh, whatever you want. It's uncomfortable, uncensored. Also, if you're going to complain about a site that costs a dollar, we have a lot to talk about since I'm still a noted member. Complaining. I just understand the different, you know, a paywall. Sometimes it's behind a paywall. You're not going to get cited because people would have to pay to read it. If they don't pay, they're not going to yeah. read it. It happens. So suck it up is what I was yeah. saying. That's fair. Uh, the athletic is like OnlyFans for uppity people. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> some uppity things for them. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? The Penn State game? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what are my thoughts on the game? Just, yeah, as the week has progressed. Um, so I made a prediction before the season started that Auburn would win this game by double digits. It was like one of my three kind of guarantees. I went on a show, did three guarantees. Uh, this was one of them. Um, I feel less confident about that now. Um, I thought Auburn would bring momentum into the game. Like I figured Auburn would be 2-0 and and they'd bring some momentum in. I didn't think they would be coming off the game that was San Jose State, where that that's not really – I mean, that was just kind of ugly. So that's sort of thrown a wrench into, into how I feel about it. I still think Auburn is in a decent spot to win the game um, because I think there's a lot they can take from the loss last year and, and do differently. They lost by a touchdown on the road. You know, you remember Kobe Hudson dropping that, that reverse pass or whatever that basically set Penn State up for a touchdown. Right. A bunch of busted coverages in that game. Like, there's things that Auburn can do differently at home. Like the, that, I, I think set up nicely for him to win. It's just that offense is. Uh, I have no idea what, what to expect um, from from the quarterbacks in that offense. It's just a massive question mark. Um, Penn State's really good. Clifford's experienced. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. So there's no reason to think it won't be a, a tight ball game. It's right. just. Auburn offense is is an absolute. Um, it's just I, I honestly I don't know that I've gone into a game where I just don't know 
what I'm going to see. I think I'm going to see different schemes. I think they've been saving stuff, but if yeah. you can't execute it, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, even Zach Calzada, I, I, there's, I, I I'm not counting him out yet. I'm not. You shouldn't at the performance. I mean, you had a quarterback that was one of two for one yard and I think an interception last week. And he's the yeah. one that I think should start. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you had two quarterbacks that, that threw, that threw, uh, had two completions and two picks in the first quarter between them. Right. And they've got four interceptions and, and one touchdown through two games. Like, that's bad. Nobody should be out of the quarterback race at, at yeah. this point. So I don't know. It's going to be a fun day. It's going to be a fun helmet game and all that stuff. I mean, that, that's cool. You know, I'm trying to think USC in 2003 was kind of the last time a program caliber came into Auburn. So that didn't go well. It did not go well. I hope that's not what happens this weekend for y'all. Um, I say that now because I'm picking Auburn, at like just, you know, foreshadowing uh, and spoiler alert. But I also, I mean, a 23 nothing loss at home would be like, it, it would blow my mind just because it's, we haven't seen Auburn struggle like that in September. It's also bizarre to sit here in this, this almost alternate reality. And I'm not even making a joke when I say this, when you talk about like, all right, well, every other team and fan base, Georgia and, and Bama, especially make fun of this, this Bo Nix situation about how bad he is. Like, especially in the, the first game against Georgia when he was playing for Oregon and my God, what would Auburn give to have Bo Nix back in back in Auburn? A lot. And I think, yeah, I mean, people, people knew when he left that he was, he was a good quarterback. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he caught a lot of grief. Um, and it was always a battle of, is it Bo Nix's fault? Is it Gus Malzahn's fault? Is it the offensive line's fault? Um, right. He just caught a lot of the grief because he would do crazy things sometimes. And it was easy to point your finger at him. Mm -hmm. But deep down, people knew Bo was a pretty good quarterback. He gave you a chance to win a lot of games that you were in. Right. Um, and so I think they knew, I mean, I think people knew it was going to be an issue. Now, when Zach Calzada, it was announced that he was coming in, there was some thinking, not just externally, but internally, that this guy would come in and win the job. Right. And so that I think that sort of like carried some optimism through, some, through, through a lot of those months where otherwise it might've just been a lot of, we don't know. And, that, and, then, mm -hmm. when, and then when he had that bad first scrimmage and you're like, uh-oh, and then we went, it kind of went, back down to, uh Oh, what, what are we doing at quarterback now? It's, right. it's been like, people don't know. People don't know what to expect. I mean, until TJ goes out there and does it, I mean, he's got two wins as a starter, Mercer, San Jose state. That's it. He's he hasn't beaten a, a, a decent team yet. Um, yeah, it's not good. He has to do it Saturday. Like you got to get something on your resume. Right. So with that being said, you think they, they go with what they know, which is tank Bigsby He's averaging five and a half yards to carry. Um, I, I just think it, a lot of teams thus far have tested Penn State through the air, but that's because of kind of who they play. Purdue throws the ball a lot, but their their run defense isn't great. And given what what you don't know about your quarterback situation in terms of how they'll rise to the occasion in a big game, is that what you see Auburn doing in this game on offense? Is just relying on Bigsby? They're gonna have to. I mean, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if they're good enough to you know I don't know if the split can be. 65-35, like it has the first two games. I mean, if Auburn's able to run the ball 65% of the time, obviously they're, they're going to be sitting pretty. Um, but they're going to have to, yeah. I mean, last year it wasn't bad. It was one of Tank's better games and Auburn's better running games against a halfway decent mm -hmm. opponent in at Penn State last year. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to run the ball for a buck 50 or, or, or more, you know, and Tank's going to have to have 125 all-purpose yards probably or more. Um, and so, and, and, and look, they're going to have to run play action off that. You, you can't yeah. rely on 
TJ is not going to get the snap and like, let's read. That's not, that's not his game. That's not what Auburn wants to do. They, they need to play action and have Javaris Johnson slashing across the field or take some deep shots. So there's a couple of reasons why Auburn has to run the football. If they can't do that um, with the way the passing game is currently operating, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So, I mean, they, yeah, they've got to run the football, whether it's Tank, Jarquez will get his carries. Um, I just don't know. The offensive line's – I think they're good. They're experienced. But I don't look at them as a, as a unit that's like, hey, they're going to go out there and mash for 200-something yards rush. Like, I don't know – I don't look at them quite like that. So I'm interested yeah. to see sort of how they perform on Saturday. Can they be – you know, are they just kind of a, a little bit above average or can they be really good? I don't know. That was kind of my next question was the fact that – because I, I think the offensive line is not good. I also – like, and, and, you know, we've joked around about this, and I don't know why I have chosen to um, just pump sunshine into the Auburn fan base as much as possible this offseason. But I really do think Harson is a better coach people give him credit for. And we saw last year the first two games don't matter – like I, like, I understand how frustrating it would be as an Auburn fan to see, like, how, you know, stagnant the offense looked and kind of disjointed at times. And you brought up, like, the touchdown to interception ratio and that still being a question going into this game. But they were up – they scored – they outscored their opponents 121 to nothing the first two games a year ago, right? Like, yeah. lesser opponents, but still, like, it, we saw how little that mattered late in the year when he kind of came under fire. If he wins this game, if he wins it by double digits, like, you think he might? I think they're going to win by seven or more. If that happens, the the hot seat cools tremendously, right? I, I go ahead. Yeah, for a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, really, you know, yes, it, it would be his biggest win. It, 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 it right now, it's Ole Miss last year. Ole Miss was tenth. You beat them. You you went to six and two. That's his signature win in fifteen games at Auburn. But you were five and two going into that game. You had a win in Baton Rouge. Yeah. This is different. This is this is different. This would by far be the best win um, of his. Hey, I'm recording. Sorry, my three year old. So wait, wait, hold on. What's their take on the game? Is, uh, it, is it happier, more optimistic than yours? Probably, yeah. Okay, I'm sure. I hope so. Um, yeah. What do you think, Penn State or Auburn? What? That's what I say. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I think um, wasn't yeah big game for Harson, um, but the reason I, th- I just don't know about the pressure thing, man. There's so many dynamics at Auburn that are going yeah. on that go beyond winning a game. I mean, you have a, you have an interim AD that was just named in Rich McGlynn. You have a national search going on. You have a new president. Like, it, it, there's just there's so many things going on there that that Harson could win eight games, and there still will probably be the same group of people that will push to make a change. I mean, they just will. That's so true. I don't know. It'll cool it for a minute. It'll be good for the momentum. You got two two home games in the SEC coming after that. It's a great chance then to start five and zero. Oh. It's a confidence yeah. boost in the program that they desperately need, desperately need. Um, but I don't know if it does anything long term for Harson at the moment. He's got to have a complete season. He's got to have a season, a recruiting class. It's he's got to do a lot. Um, God, this is so negative. Yeah. It's just so bleak. <clears throat> It feels like this should be a night game. Yeah. Well, I wish. I wish. I guess CBS yeah. kind of has uh, – I mean, they get the pick. I don't know if Auburn I, – I don't, I don't know how that – I don't know if Auburn could have said no CBS, but I think I think if they pick, I mean, you kind of got to roll with it. So I don't yeah. know if that's possible. That's a good question, though, because that would be a ballsy move, especially with how Auburn is right now. That would yeah. be like the most Auburn thing to happen. Like, you know what? No, we'll pass. We'll yeah. pass. We're going to do 730 on ESPNU. I think that's where we want to be. 
Um, all right. So give me, give me like a, a positive going out of here before we, before we close up. Because I, I think this, I think we've seen Clifford before under duress and it hasn't been great. Right. So if, if you can get, I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name. Um, EQ. Eku, Ekuleta. Eku. I was close. That was my. It was only three letters. I probably should have done a better job. Um, <laughs> I think Andrew, if he can I, get in the backfield, he's like What's that? His first name is Andrew. Should have gone with that then. Yeah, yeah. Andrew E is what I always call him. Drew E. Um, if he can get in the backfield, and he's been really good so far this season. I think he's like the highest PFF passing grade, whatever that means <clears> or, or counts for. Um, Jarquez Hunter is the guy for me, and and Tank in the passing game. If you can get explosive plays out of those two. Because I think this is going to be like a 17 to 14 type game, and you kind of need it to be if you're if you're Auburn because you're not going to outscore them. Um, give me just give me a positive key to victory and what what you know on for Saturday. And, and Tyler, I, I don't know if I just talked over all your questions. Yeah, you did. It's cool. I think uh, again, like what I'm leaning on is and kind of assuming will happen is one of the things last year was Sean Clifford completed 28 passes. It was, it was by far like his most efficient game of the season. Um, and I think Auburn has to take something from that. Derek Mason was playing a softer type defense. He's not around this time. I have to think Auburn says, you know, we're one, here's one thing we're not going to do. We're not going to play soft and we're not going to allow slants and that kind of thing the way they did last year. We're not going to bust coverages to the tight end. Mm-hmm. And so, hey, can you just give me a two seconds? Um, that's kind of what I'm leaning on. So it's kind of the only thing that I'm guessing will be different that I, I feel like I feel like the defense is going to have a very different game plan than it did a year ago. I think they're going to dial it up on Sean Clifford, the pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that and the crowd will make a big impact. And then really, I think the game is going to come down to then, OK, Auburn's offense. Here you go. Go make plays. I think the defense will do their job. I think they'll dial some things up on Clifford and, and get after him but it's just going to be on the offense. Can you go execute? Can you hit a couple of big plays? If they can hit a couple of big plays down the field, off play action or whatever, and the defense can 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 run a scheme out there that's putting pressure on Clifford where you're not allowing 28 completions. Mm-hmm. I like Auburn's I like Auburn's chances. No. Give me a go ahead. I'll give you a positive. Penn State 2 and 5 in the last 7 regular season games is a favorite of less than 7 points. One of those was Purdue this year. Uh, under James Franklin, Penn State four and nine against the spread in thirteen regular season games away from home, as a favorite of less than seven points, seven and six straight up. So they haven't been good in this situation. Um, I think I'm taking Auburn at home to at least cover. I, this is also a bet on like, do you really trust Sean Clifford to come in to an SEC stadium, raucous crowd, good defense, and get it done? I don't. Um, I'm going to take. Auburn at home all day. I'll take the points, probably not money line. Um, and then I think I'll take the under too. I agree with you guys. I mean, 17, 14 seems, seems right. Yeah. Score prediction, Hoke. Uh, just roll your eyes. I mean, you knew that question was going to come. No, nah, I'm just thinking, um, I would say, yeah, it's hard to imagine I, unless Auburn forces two plus turnovers it's hard to think they're going over 24 points i mean I'm, I'm trying to envision where the defense doesn't create turnovers and they still can score 27 or more i don't see yeah. that so um and the defense has forced zero turnovers in the first two games now they could if they dial it up they could but um i would say i think maybe auburn 21 24 penn state 20 that 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 type of game i mean i think i think you got a good field goal kicker i think auburn could get in get in range and hit some field goals 
um, yeah. and score that way. But if Auburn's going to win, yeah, you hold Penn State to 17-20, no more. Um, it, the, the turnovers will be interesting. Auburn's minus four in two games. That, that cannot continue. That yeah. can, you certainly can't come over in the first quarter and have another turnover to – um, and get down. You cannot get down and try to and try to put pressure on yourself and put pressure on Finley and come back. You you can't do that. So let's say let's say you know twenty one seventeen Auburn. Let's go. Yeah, I was leaning towards eleven to five. Um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll give you my final prediction later. But yeah, man, Hoke. Um, before we go, I just want to say thank you again for um every time there is a typo on a list uh, made from SDS that I have no control over whatsoever. Uh, always including me in, on Twitter and tagging me in that because then I get just hate, hate, hate comments from Auburn fans all day long. I appreciate that. But <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. I, I'll, I have no, I will keep doing my part. Um, <laughs> Auburn Live, AuburnLive.com. Yeah, subscribe. It's growing like crazy. So we'd love for people to be a part of, of what we've got going on over there. And uh, yeah, it's like seven day free trial. So it's a good time to do it right now. You get Penn State coverage. And- the board should be crazy, man. Future yeah. Nebraska head coach Brian Harson. This should be a big, big win for him this week. Current future. Current slash future. I love it. I love it. All right, Hope. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.